0: The following is a hoop Bowl presentation.
1: What's up, Grizz Nation? Welcome to the show. I'm your host, David Williams. Isaac Simpson is back for another post game. What's going on,
0: man? Man, another much. I'm back, man. Another, another Grizz win, man. I, I don't know if it, it it's the prettiest win, but again, man, it goes in that left column. And at the end of the day, that's what you want.
1: Now, a win is a win. This one was. Uh, it was definitely not pretty. The final score, 109-95, to 95, is not telling no. <laughs> of uh, of the kind of game that this was, honestly.
0: Yeah, I mean, it was like a a ping-pong game back and forth. Grizz got out to a big lead earlier. Detroit was able to bow back there in the second quarter and came all, all, almost, almost all the way back there early in the third. Grizz pull away again. Detroit comes back again, and then the Grizz finally kind of run away and hide there at the end. But that, that score makes it look like it was kind of a blowout. And this game was – we had to it out a little bit more than that, that. Final score makes it look like,
1: yeah, most definitely. You know, the Grizzlies were terrible from three tonight. Five for twenty as a team, just couldn't knock it down. They where they beat the Pistons tonight. They outscored them sixty six to thirty eight in the paint. So you know that's uh, they took care of business. The Pistons don't really have a good shot blocker, honestly. Jeremy Grant is probably their best shot blocker. Isaiah Stewart is young. And I think that he has the shot blocking upside, but uh, he's just not not ready yet. So the Grizzlies took full advantage of that and uh, got in that paint and tore him up. And thank goodness because they they just were not getting the threes to fall.
0: No, it was a tough tough night shooting. Uh, five of twenty from downtown. Grayson uh, Grayson Allen didn't even hit one tonight. Over oh, three, uh, I just saw he didn't even hit one tonight. He's the guy that's kind of been on fire for them to, from downtown. Um, he, didn't, he didn't hit one. And Kyle Anderson, two of two from three. But, yeah, man, five of 20, I think, like you said, where they kind of won this game is in the paint. And also from the free throw line, something I talked about last time we were on here, defending without fouling, only only 13 free throw attempts for uh, the Pistons, 9 of 13, and Grizzlies 20 of, thir- of 20 of 23 from the line. So they outscored them plus 11 from free throws. So from the free throw line and in, in the paint, I think that's kind of where they won this game because it definitely wasn't their perimeter shooting. Couldn't get it, couldn't much going there tonight from outside.
1: Yeah, the, the nine makes and 10 attempts from the free throw line. That's a season high for Ja. Uh, you know, he, he looked good from the free throw line. And, you know, you kind of touched on this before we started recording. So I'll let you take off with uh, the, the aggressiveness of Ja tonight.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think that's what you want to see. But earlier early tonight, when I was thinking about what I was going to talk about coming on here, I, I kind of had this take where I was going to say that, I mean, you, Ja doesn't have to, we talked about this, Ja doesn't have to score. 20-plus points a game a night for this team, but what I didn't want to see happen was with him struggling, shooting the ball and, and, and finishing at the rim here a little bit lately, you didn't want to see him become complacent and, and come become satisfied with just kind of being that game manager, facilitator type of guy. I mean, that's really important. I mean, you want that. I mean, he's one of the best passers probably in the league. I mean, some of these passes that he makes are just unbelievable, but I didn't want him to become comfortable just kind of laying back and, and being that guy because he's the the man on this team and i didn't want him to forget that and tonight he was aggressive uh 29 points uh of course 10 of 23 from the field uh so he kind of kind of kind of changed that thought for for me tonight and and that's what you want to see from going forward even though he's not making shots you want to see him continue to be aggressive and he was definitely at the night got to the free throw line getting 10 attempts 9 of 10 for the free throw line uh really good night for him in 32 minutes so a big game for for john tonight even scoring 29 points it's not like it's it just really stands out. A lot of times when guys score 29 points, you say, man, he just had this crazy game. I mean, it was just kind of kind of in his sleep, scored 29 points. It wasn't a big game where you thought he was just doing all this offensively. He did get the floater going, which is something he had been struggling with. So that's good to see. And you hope that continues tomorrow night because he got a big matchup going against the veteran CP3 tomorrow night.
1: Yeah, and that's actually – I want to talk about those two because if Ja could take notes – from anybody's game in the league to to really just rocket his game up, 100%, yeah. CP three man, see, like he makes his living from, like, the bit range jumper, the eight to sixteen foot yeah. mid range jump shot. Jock ja can get those shots all day long, all day long. They were falling tonight for him, and that is something that if he could get that, if he could pick up that part of the game and get to where he is consistent at the level that cp3 is and that's a, that's a big task cp3 is, is one of the best ever do it but you know if he got that mid-range jumper it, it would be crazy crazy good for the grizzlies and it would just elevate his game even that much more so that's a you know it's going to be a good matchup I always watch I, I enjoy watching Ja or, or any two guards that are elite guards going at it and this is kind of a uh, old guard young guard uh cp3 and josh so that that's something i don't know that he's looking to you know I, i'm sure that he's working but i don't know that he's looking to get anything in particular from cp3 but that part of his game if Jaw could pick it up man i would be uh all for that
0: yeah i 100 percent agree i mean the cp3 obviously doesn't have the athleticism of job but job with Kind of his shooting struggle is trying to be, becoming a uh, still work in progress for the perimeter, I think that mid range game is kind of where he should live, and CP3's made his made his living off of that. i mean he he steps out and knocks down threes now early in his career, so that 's something that he worked on and got better at, but I, I agree that little mid range jumper because jock get, he gets to that spot all night long if he can knock that down consistently that that would be really great this maturation process. I definitely agree yeah,
1: another guy that was um man and'm I'm, I'm not gonna keep comparing him to other players all night. but you know, if you remember Kimball Walker early in his career, he was a high volume three point shooter yeah that was terrible. He, he was just some kind of awful and just kept working on it, working on it and it finally clicked for him. and he's got the you know he he's still not one of the best shooters in the league, but you know you have to respect that part of his game now. And so you know, it's a, you can see that Jaws working on it. He's
0: yeah putting in the That's work certain.
1: before the game. And there's been a you know the the video of him doing it after the game. But the the threes are really hurting his his field goal percentage. Right now he's shooting 46 percent before tonight's game. He was 46 percent from the field. If you remove the threes from the game, and I'm not saying like I don't want him to stop shooting threes. You don't want him to be one, one dimensional and become like a a Ben Simmons where you know, we can step back to the free throw line because we know you're yeah. not going to take it. Like, I'm not asking for that. But you see an increase in he, – he goes from 46% up to 52. So, it, you know, it, from from two-point range, he can be efficient. He can knock down – you know, he, he's got inside inside the paint. He finishes great around the rim. You know, it, his his – he still has some work to do on the mid-range, but just eliminating the three – you see a, a pretty big jump, a 6% jump in his field goal percentage. So I, th- I think that that is, uh, you know, we've talked about it before. That's definitely a part of his game that we, we want to see grow.
0: Yeah, no, no doubt about that. Because uh, you want guys to, to respect that because that'd make it easier for him to, to pull off and, and get those, get into those driving lanes when guys respect uh, his three-point shooting ability. Over 5 tonight, that's definitely not going to help your, your shooting percentage, field goal percentage, but uh, I think it's something that, he'll get better at it. I mean, if he, he's, he's, you could, I mean, you've seen it. He's a willing learner, willing to, to continue to work on things. I don't think he thinks he's a finished product in, in any sort. So I think that that's really good to see. And I think he'll continue. I don't know if he'll ever be a great three-point shooter, but I mean, if he can get in to about thirty 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 three thirty four 33, 34% on, on two or three attempts a game, I think that would, would, would be sufficient for, for his game. Because I mean, he, and again, he can get in the paint pretty much anytime he wants to. Um, and, and I think, when, when other guys, I think we've kind of seen this, we saw it last their last game, uh, when, when guys are knocking down threes, it kind of opens up those lanes and stops guys from being so aggressive with him in and paint. I think we've seen a little bit of that here in the last couple of games, even though they couldn't really get it going tonight. Uh, he was able to get to his spots tonight, though, against his team. Pistons' interior defense is just so bad that they couldn't, I don't think, capitalize on him to stop him from getting to the lane, because he pretty much getting anything he wanted to do with those floaters tonight in, inside the paint.
1: Yeah, yeah, 100%. First three games of the Grizzlies homestand, Ja is averaging 24 points, seven rebounds, and eight assists. So, those are pretty solid numbers. You know, we're talking about improving things like that, but, you know, it's not all negative from him. You know, we're watching him, enjoying him. We got a bona fide superstar in Memphis. So, you know, the, the stuff that he's bringing to the table is great, but you can always, there's always areas to improve. Uh, JV had a good night, 17 and 15. That is double, walking, double, walking
0: double, double, man. <laughs> mm-hmm.
1: what was is that 14 for him this year? I think so. Yeah. Yeah. yeah 14, 14 double doubles. You know, he just kind of gets out of bed and he's got a double, double <laughs> <laughs> Kyle Anderson, 16 and six, you know, you already said Grayson struggled. He was, he, uh, he contributed elsewhere. though. Yeah, Four he did point, though. Two rebounds. He, he had six assists, three steals. Um, I want to give you 100% credit. We were kind of down on Tyus in the last episode, and you're like, man, it's Melton. <laughs> yeah. Melton is a – it's like when Melton's gone, a spark plug's missing for him, and then Tyus comes out tonight. It's, you know, it's only eight points, but he was three for four from the field after struggling like crazy. Melton comes back, and here comes Tyus. So uh, shout out to my man Isaac for <laughs> hitting the nail on the head with that one.
0: Yeah, it, it's weird, man. I don't know. What it is, but it just seems like there's some correlation there. When when one of them plays well, the other one plays well. When one of them struggles, the other one struggles. When one of them one of has gone, they both the other one struggles. It's it's weird, but uh, yeah, man. Ty has eight points tonight, but only eight points. But he was three or four from the field, like you said. I got to the free throw line, even got a block tonight. Um, an assist and a steal. So he had a really good game off the bench. And and again, I think when he plays well, you just kind of look at uh the, the guys off the bench right now. Everybody upset, McDermott. McDermott. Uh, he had a pretty good game off the bench. I mean, Melton only scored five points, but uh, filled the stat sheet elsewhere. Three rebounds, assists, four steals, and a block from him. Also knocked down a three-pointer. So it was really good to have him back out there. Played really good defense, especially in that in that fourth quarter. Uh, what do you have? See, four steals uh, on the game. So welcome back to Melton. Man, I was glad to see him back out there tonight.
1: Yeah, and that's, you know, we kind of talked about plus-minus a little bit uh, the, the last time. And this is a this is a great example. He was he was a minus nine tonight,
0: yeah,
1: in, in the game. But that that's just a great show of that's not always telling of the impact a player has on the game. And that's I was talking with somebody on Twitter about that before we got on here. I'm like, yeah, you know, plus minus can be good, but it, it it's not always, you know, it's not the end all be all of stats for sure.
0: No, it, it's, it, it really isn't. I mean, you kind of look down here tonight. Uh, I think Brendan Clark had the highest on the team at plus 27. Uh, I mean, he, he played really well tonight. Uh, a really good game, 12.7 rebounds, two assists, a block, uh, knocked down a three-pointer. Uh, so he played really well. But he had the highest at Grayson Allen plus 20, and that shows you Grayson Allen only four points. I mean, he did do a lot of good things outside of that, but you wouldn't think, looking at his line, he would be second on the team and plus minus, and he was second at plus plus twenty tonight. So it's it's not always a true indicator of, of how, because you got John with twenty nine points and he's only plus fourteen. So that, that just kinda shows you how how that can it, it it can be a good stat, it can be telling, and sometimes it means absolutely nothing. And I think you can go down most box scores and kind of pick out different examples that shows that.
1: Yeah. Uh Josh Jackson didn't have the blow up game that we were kind of uh hoping for. He didn't have a nope. bad game. Not not like,
0: that not the revenge game, but he played he was all right.
1: Yeah. I mean, 60% from the field, he was what, one for five from three, but he was,
0: did I read that right? I, am
1: I looking? Yeah. One for five, six for 10 from the field, 15.7 rebounds two assist. Wasn't a 40 bomb that we were hoping he would drop, you know, he can drop 40 in a loss. We so would have been okay with it, but Definitely. still a solid game from him. And, and that's, I, I would be completely fine if he would have continued to be a grizzly. I didn't expect that to happen, especially after him not playing in the bubble. But I would have been 100% okay with him being on the team. And I i don't know. I, like, I guess the other option would have been maybe letting Melton walk, and I don't know that that, that, that yeah. is the path that I wanted to take. But um, definitely liked Josh and, and the, the time that he spent here, even though it was not long enough.
0: Yeah, I mean, it, it made a lot of sense. I mean, he fits the timeline. He's a guy that can come off the, the bench and put uh, give, give you buckets, man, put points on the board. I, I think in the in the bubble, I think the organization kind of made decisions. I think it was him or Grayson, and I think they looked at Grayson as being a guy that they knew that was going to be here next year, possibly here a lo- long term, and they just decided to go with him, and I think it paid off, but uh, I, I, like you said, I definitely wouldn't mind seeing Josh Jackson still in the Grizzlies uniform. The whole thing was just kind of weird how they got him, and they, they, laid him, they left him in the G League for most of the year, and kind of brought him it was just a unique situation and again I mean I, I from his perspective I can see there being a little bit of animosity there. Uh so I wouldn't have been surprised if he kind of came in and went off tonight. Not exactly what we saw, but he had a he had a good game. And again, man, I hats off to him man. he's having a, a, a really nice year up there in Detroit. So uh shout out to him.
1: All right man. I'm gonna I'm gonna get away from the game a little bit here. I see you tweeting about this theory that you have. <laughs> With back to backs and stuff like that, I think this. Is, I want you to elaborate on. it. You can't always let us know, you know. Twitter limits how much. Yeah, you can it's put about up hard to.
0: Yeah, hard so, to get so those cool thoughts out.
1: <laughs> shine some light on that. What, what's this theory you have with the back to backs and all of that? I want. I want to hear, uh, hear. Hear your mind working on this.
0: Yeah, man. There's a lot of little quirky theories or conspiracy theories, whatever you want to call them. That I that I have in there. Not they're not scientific. It's not always going to work out there. Examples where it doesn't doesn't end up happening that way, but specifically what we're talking about tonight, the Grizzlies are taking on Phoenix tomorrow night, and Phoenix of course, uh, in New Orleans uh, on on the on back to back. They'll be here in Memphis tomorrow night, and the Phoenix is a solid team. I mean, they think what's that? Seven in a row? They won six or seven in a row. Um, that's kind of one of the things too. You think you do a team coming in and winning six or seven in a row? Think they're kind of due for a loss, uh, law of averages wise coming here tomorrow night, I mean, that's one thing. And then the fact that they won, won tonight in New Orleans. Now, the, the, Phoenix is probably going to be favored uh, in a game tomorrow night. And a team that's good, you don't want them coming in off a loss. Um, if, if if Phoenix had lost that game in New Orleans tonight, I wouldn't have liked our, their, our chances as Memphis for coming into the game tomorrow night because you just don't think a team of that level, especially teams that has been hot like that, won six, seven in a row, is going to come in here and lose back to back on on lose two games in a row a back to back, so that's kind of kind of kind of my theory. There's a lot of them out there for for those back to back teams usually split on back to backs. If you lose the first game, you win the second game. There's a lot a lot of little things like that uh, that I have. So try to try to put that out on Twitter like you said at times. But a lot of times the, the character wise kind of messes you up and can't fully com- convey your thoughts on, on Twitter. But that's kind of kind of what it is. I think if you're a Grizzlies fan, I think you would have preferred Phoenix to win that game tonight. They did pull away and win it. It was like the Pills were gonna. Possibly come out and win that game for a while, but Phoenix really pulled away uh, there late. I think they outscored them something crazy, like 42 to 14 or something in the fourth quarter. Something crazy to really win that would
1: go yeah, on the So, so
0: they're they they not coming here. On. Yeah,
1: yeah. They, they did.
0: I think they had them scored. I mean, how many, how many points did they end up scoring? 140? Something in yeah. a while.
1: It was something crazy. Hold on, I can look it up here. 132 is what they put up on them. Yeah, they actually they lost to Brooklyn and then it's a, they were on a i think a 6 game, six game win streak game win to yeah. brooklyn but that you know they're 8 and 2 in their last 10 so they they're playing good basketball right now that's that's going to be an interesting matchup you know i wonder how much of the you know the shots the aggressiveness that we saw from Ja tonight. Dylan was out because of soreness and i wonder if he was really sore if it was just kind of a a rest day before he's chasing devin booker all over the place tomorrow
0: Yeah, I really hope he's good to go because they're going to need all hands on deck against that Phoenix team tomorrow because I'm sure Phoenix had a bad taste in their mouth the way that game went on MLK Day. They're going to be coming in here looking to to get a little bit of a revenge against the Grizzlies. And I I love these matchups against Phoenix. If there's anything uh, as far as a rivalry with this Grizzlies team, there are three teams that kind of stick out to me. I don't know if there's any real rivalries right now, but three teams that I kind of put on a list are the Pelicans, uh, Portland, and, and Phoenix. Those are the three teams that you kind of feel something extra when the Grizzlies play those teams going on. I mean, Devin Booker, I think, was pissed off the last time they played here. He didn't have a good game. The Grizzlies kind of kind of put the clamps on him, especially there are late. Uh, missed a couple of shots, an opportunity to put Phoenix up. Uh, Grizzlies really made some plays there down the stretch. So they're going to be coming in here looking to, to get a win. And you just kind of look at their team. Grizzlies have been struggling guarding the perimeter. That's not something that you want to see going against Phoenix. Frank Kaminsky is also a guy at the center position that, or power four position that can step out and, and hit some threes. And that, that kind of pulls JV away from the paint. And sometimes he struggles with that. That Thinking about tomorrow night and Monday night in Dallas, going up against Christoph Przingis, that's something to watch. But I, I think he did a pretty good job tonight, uh, better than he usually does getting out of guarding the perimeter. I saw sometimes where he got out there, and played really good help in team defense out there tonight. But uh, that's something that they definitely got to watch tomorrow night, man. I mean, teams have just been stepping into three wide open three-pointers with that zone, They've been playing. It's been a problem, uh here over the last couple of weeks. That's something that they really gotta show up. Uh, because I mean it you play against good teams. They were able to, to knock off OKC and, and and win tonight against Detroit with that type of defense. But when you play a good team, they're gonna burn you and you're gonna really have some problems giving up that many three pointers.
1: Yeah, if you if you don't guard the three point line against that Phoenix team, you're, you're gonna be in trouble. And, and they they were not good. You know, even they, they won the game against Detroit as they should. But you know, they were not good. Their perimeter defense was not good against this team tonight. They shot Oh, I just lost that move. You know, I mean they they were only uh, the Pistons were thirty. They thirty-one percent, but
0: they hit fourteen, though. Know? So yeah. if the 1445 is not good, but I mean they they hit they hit fourteen. You don't want to give up 3 pointers uh in a game. I think the I think OKC hit nineteen, I wanna say. Uh, maybe it, it, it's been a problem recently, and I don't know what it is. Uh, again, their defense has basically become one-dimensional, and they just to reflect rely on getting deflections and, and getting steals. And if, if you're not going to guard perimeter, that, that'll work. You can pull out games against bad teams. But again, like I just said, if, if you're going to get a team like Phoenix and you're giving up 14 plus three pointers, it, it's it's going to be it's going to be a tough night for you. And that's something that they definitely got to to get shored up. And again, hopefully DB's back tomorrow night because again, they're going to need everything they can tomorrow night against this Phoenix team.
1: Yeah, and you know Melton coming back tonight, Desmond Bain coming back after uh, you know after him losing his grandmother and all, you know, like they're, they're going to be as healthy as, as they've been in the last couple of weeks going into this game. And so that's, uh, you know, Brooks was questionable and he ended up being a game time di- game time decision tonight. So, you know, he's obviously not far from being ready to go. We'll see how that yeah. is tomorrow. I fully expect him to play. I, I think that yeah, this I was think so. it was more of just a rest. You know, we can let you rest against this Pistons team. But, you know, we we think we can handle them and and you need to be uh, rested up and ready to go because you're going to have your hands full tomorrow. Um, you know, I, I'm looking ahead to the Suns game. Uh, you know, DB is going to have his hands full with Booker. He's going to have to play smart, man. He got two early fouls yeah. in that OKC game. And it's like that. that's one. I guess that's kind of an Achilles heel for him It is just dumb fouls. Like he'll get. You know, I, I like his aggressiveness. I like the fact that he plays defense so physical, but sometimes it gets him in trouble and that they're not going to be able to afford for him to, uh, to get out there and pick up two early fouls against this Phoenix team because that could put him in a hole early and you may not dig yourself out of it.
0: Yeah, that's become a pattern of him picking up those two quick ones in the first quarter and having to go to the bench early. He gets a lot of those frustration fouls. He might miss a shot, somebody beat him up really well. He'll just grab them until they get the rebound. He gets a lot of those, and he has to kind of stop with the mental mistakes. A lot of his fouls are just straight-up mental uh, just fouls, just bad fouls that you see, and he has to kind of kind of cut down on that because they need him on the floor. I mean, I know a lot of people talk about him and whether you're going to put him on the bench or whether he should even be in a rotation. You hear some crazy stuff like that, but again, this guy, when when he's on, I mean, that 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 takes his team to another level. They need his offensive play, and he's, he's one of the guys that one of the only guys on, his score, on, on this team that can really, really score like that outside of JV when he's on, I mean, he's one of the best scorers on his team and they're going to need, against good teams, they need him to be good. It's hard for this team to to beat a team like Phoenix if, if, if BB doesn't have a good game. So that's something that they, they're going to need him to not tomorrow night. And I think one of those nights kind of popped up out of nowhere on that, on that injury report tonight. I think it was one of those things where we're just going to set you out. I think he will be ready to go tomorrow night. Hopefully he will be ready to go.
1: Yeah, definitely. You know, again, he gets a lot of hate. A lot of, you know, s- some of it's warranted, some of it's not. But you know, people were like, "Oh, well, let's see what the, the Grizzlies can do without Dylan," and then you know they win, they beat the Pistons, and I'm like, "Oh boy, here we go. It's gonna be yeah. more of, oh yeah, you know, see they don't need Dylan." And I'm like, "Dude, it's 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 the Pistons. Yeah, the you the know, Pistons. like they, yeah. they, they they have one of the worst records, second in worst record for in the NBA. A reason, yeah, you know, so that's uh." That that drives me crazy. I won't I won't run down that too far, but d- just I don't understand. For is the way that he plays the game, with the the, the tenacity that he plays with, the hate that he gets from the Grizzlies fan, because it, it's textbook like grit and grind. He would plug right into that era, play with those guys, and people would love him. But he gets a ton of hate for a, a lot of times, no reason.
0: Because I was going to say, to that point, he's what you wanted Courtney Lee to be. If Courtney Lee had been Dylan Brooks, I think that would have kind of raised the ceiling on those teams. Courtney Lee was hesitant to shoot. He wouldn't shoot the ball when you wanted him wanted to. I mean, I, I think that they were a Dylan Brooks kind of guy away from kind of making a little bit more noise, even more than they did. So, yeah, I mean, I think if he's in that area, people would love him now with with, with the, the kind of style of team they play now. People give him so much hate. And I don't think that would have been the case back then. Yeah. Yep,
1: hundred percent. Well, man, I've got nothing else on the game tonight. You got anything else before we get out of here?
0: No, man, not much to not much to say about this one, man. It's just again, kind of kind of like we said on on Tuesday night, man. Just get the win. They were able to to survive and get the win. There's some ebbs and flows in this one, definitely. But goes in that left column, man. Back over five hundred at thirteen to twelve. And a, a big game tomorrow night. Again, I love I love these big games. Kind of a barometer to see can they correct some things and, and get a big win on the home floor. I, kind of said going into this homestand i wanted to see if they can go three and one they're now two and one thought they probably beat the pelicans that did happen so still opportunity to make it happen it's gonna be tough a tough game coming in but again you i think you prefer phoenix coming in off their wins than if they had lost tonight i think you really would have probably been up against it if they had lost tonight but it should be a good game i'm excited for it
1: yep i agree with you man well guys we're gonna get out of here isaac Thank you, as always, for coming on with me, man. You guys can get the show on Twitter at Grizz. I'm at Dwell2111. Isaac is Isaac underscore rivals. Thanks for listening. Until next time, Go Grizz! This
0: has been a HoopBall presentation.